The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magana. Uh, Kramer Sanson in the background helping us keep this thing moving. The Kansas City Chiefs improved to 7-2 and two with a 21-14 win over the Miami Dolphins in Germany. Rocky, there's a lot to say uh, about this game. Uh, first half, maybe one of the most impressive halves of football we've seen from this Kansas City Chiefs team all year, especially the defense, uh, followed by an incredibly frustrating second half. But holy hell, man, whatever. Uh, they hold on uh, to a tongue of Iloa, gives them a break at the end of the game, fourth and 10, uh, fumbles the snap, which leads to a sack, game over, Chiefs win 21 to 14. I mean, we, we'll get into everything about this game, Rocky, but I, I mean, holding this Miami Dolphins team to 14 points is incredibly impressive. Chiefs get a win. They escape Germany. They head into their bye at seven and two before maybe the biggest matchup of the entire NFL season against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night football after their bye week. So it's a massive, massive win for the chiefs. I mean, this is the game where the chiefs offense essentially had one and a half successful drives. And the rest of the time it was up to the defense to kind of bottle one of the best offenses in the NFL. And one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL and Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill before this game says he's going to get 250 yards receiving against his old team. And the defense stepped up and they answered the call on this one. And Tyreek, I haven't seen the final box scores, but it's nowhere near 250 yards. They kept Tyreek Hill out of the end zone. He didn't have the grand homecoming that he thought he was going to have against, against the chiefs defense. That being said, after the, all the talk that the offense had, after they're falling flat against the Broncos last week about they needed to step up and it was enough talk and that they needed to circle the wagons. The offense needed to play. Well, they came out firing on that first drive and they looked great. And then after that, it was a whole lot of nothing for the most part. Um, the wide receivers still are not good enough. You got something out of Rashi rice and he's, he's decent, but MVS and Justin Watson can continue to be a liability I thought Sky Moore looked better than he has all year, but he still didn't give you a lot. And the running game was almost non-existent in, in this contest, I thought. And I thought that if the Chiefs defense didn't play out of their minds and that Brian Cook didn't have the two most clutch plays of the Chiefs season this year, the Chiefs don't walk out of Frankfurt with a victory after this one. Um, 
it it was a great win. I mean, I mean, the, the take nothing away. The Dolphins are a tough, tough squad and one of the best offenses out there. And I know that the that the Dolphins defense is just now getting healthy and they've been banged up all year. But you got to score more than fourteen points against the Dolphins offense if you're the, if you're if you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, you got to score more than fourteen points. This victory was a hundred percent due to the Chiefs defense stepping up and playing lights out. I, I agree with all of that, Rocky. But Ty- Tyree Kill finished this game eight receptions, sixty two yards. So uh, nowhere close to the work that he uh, promised to give the Kansas City Chiefs secondary today, but. No, it, it was still just it, it, it was a game of halves and incredibly impressive first half from the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I, I went into that first half break, like really floating with how the Chiefs played. And, you know, uh, obviously in the first half, you still want to get more from the offense. But the defense continues to prove and all week long. I, I was listening to podcasts, reading coverage and articles and, and trying to dissect this uh, Miami Dolphins offense that has been such a problem for the entire NFL. And, you know, and, and a lot of what I read this week was like, uh, like the, the, they can exploit this Chiefs defense. They can beat this Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs defense just quietly continues to be one of the most undercovered units in the NFL. And it, it was up and down for the defense in the second half, just as the same as it was offensively. Like, this this Chiefs team, similar to Chiefs teams in the past, likes to shoot themselves in the foot for some reason, but they get a win. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. This Chiefs defense is a bona fide top five unit in the NFL, and their secondary was incredible today. So I, I want to get into everything from this game. I, I want to discuss every aspect of this that we can, but I, I'm going to start with the defense and then we'll get into the offense because I'm not really looking forward to talking about the offense. But I do want to talk about the defense because I, I think they were incredibly impressive. And man, uh, it's I, I think somebody who's going to probably not get as much hype as some of the other guys in this game because there were so many Chiefs defenders who were impressive today. And that's Willie Gay. I, I think Willie Gay is really going to go undercovered in this performance because he comes into this game super questionable. Like we weren't sure that he was even going to play. We already know that they're down Nick Bolton and, and Drew Tranquil has been spectacular. But Willie Gay brings a level of athleticism to that linebacker room that they really needed in a matchup like this. He winds up being able to go, forces a fumble, has a couple other just like big plays, ha- had a huge uh, six-yard loss play that that was all Willie Gay. Like he had an incredible impact in this game. And overall, their defense just continues to show that they truly are one of the best units in the NFL and they need to start being respected and covered like that. Oh, 100%. I mean, Willie Gay had some huge plays in the game. And then also, George Carl, I'm mean, not George Carl, I mean, Tri- I mean, Trimmy Duffy comes out with 10 sacks and that huge, huge game, game turning fumble, you know, at the end of the first, end of the first half. I mean, this defense looked awesome. I mean, especially in the first half, they, they were dominant. They shut down Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins couldn't get anything going. They were putting enough pressure on Tua Tagovailoa to, to keep him uncomfortable. I mean, really, when you look at this, it was really kind of like the Brian Cook and Trent McDuffie game. The only thing that you're that you're questioning coming out of this game is where was Chris Jones? Chris Jones was a non-factor in this game, with the exception of one extremely frustrating bow-headed move where he had a late tackle on a late hit on an offensive tackle on third and 20 that gave him a first down. This is like back-to-back weeks that we've seen nothing out of Chris Jones and for a guy who's supposed to be a leader on this defense. 
like you would like to see a little bit more out of the guy who's supposed to be a game wrecker. That yeah. being said, the other 10 guys on the defense are playing lights out. And I know there's an aspect that Chris Jones is fighting double teams. And Chris Jones is doing this. Chris Jones is doing that. I get all that. But he's also wanting $30 million a year to be the guy who can beat a double team. And right now, he's not beating a double team. So the, with the Chris Jones stuff, and I before we get into that, because I, I do want to talk a, about him and kind of what he's been like after you know he, he came back from his holdout and immediately was just ripping off sack game, sack game, sack game. And now he has been really quiet because we know he's getting double and triple teamed uh, along the interior of that defensive line. But I, obviously the, the difference in this game, though, and, and why I was so impressed early on in the game uh, I, I think we, we've talked a ton about this Chiefs defensive line and, and their pass rush, and that's not even what I was impressed with today. What I was impressed with is this Chiefs secondary. That group was phenomenal today. And you, you saw it early in the game, and I talked about it all week long at Arrowhead Pride. Like This Dolphins offense is so weird, and they're so explosive, and, and, they, and they score so many points, and they're so good and so challenging to stop because of all the speed. But they're really... Uh, a, a timing offense. They're they're quick throws. They're get the ball out of Tua's hands, keep him in the pocket. We don't want Tua to have to hang in the pocket or get outside the pocket because that's not his game. We want him to get rid of the ball because he's an accurate passer. He's a timing thrower. And those guys are just so fast at those timing throws. Instead of them being like six yard slants, they're 15 yard throws down the middle of the field because they're so explosive. And Tua was having to hang on to the ball for a long time, especially in the first half because the chief secondary was just absolutely clamping down those dolphins wide receivers and credit to Steve Spagnolo. I think he's going to get under discussed in this performance. Uh, the, the chief's defense was incredibly impressive overall. And I, I do want to get to the pass rush, but I just wanted to acknowledge how fantastic the secondary was today. You mentioned Trent McDuffie, man. Trent McDuffie is elite. Legereus Sneed is absolutely elite. The chief's got to find a way to keep Sneed this offseason because I want to see Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed continue to grow in that secondary because they are both special players. But we saw their depth in the secondary across the board today, and I thought everybody played well. I mean, Trent McDuffie played at an all-pro level today. There was one play he got beat on to that touchdown to Cedric Wilson, but, I mean, that's a wash. I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. But besides that, 10 tackles on the game, 8 solo I mean, he was all over the place. I mean, Trent McDuffie was an absolute stud. Brian Cook had the two most clutch plays in the entire game. I mean, Justin Reed came up with a huge hit, you know, on one play. Legereus Sneed was all over the place, came back after going into concussion protocol. Mike Edwards had that clutch pitch. I mean, this Chiefs secondary bottled up the most explosive offense in the NFL. Like, I don't want to undersell that at all. Whatever criticisms we have of the offense, whatever criticisms we might have of, you know, you know what star players had made a bonehead move, whatever. The Chiefs secondary, Jalen Watson with a sack for goodness sakes. The Chiefs secondary played lights out. Chiefs secondary played like the best secondary in the NFL today. Like there was nothing more you could ask for out of this Chiefs secondary. They were rallying to the ball. They 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 corralled Tyreek Hill every single time. Jalen Watson or Tyreek Hill touched the ball. You had three or four guys immediately crowding to the ball. Like they were they were gang tackling. This this secondary is playing as good or if not better than any other secondary in the NFL right now. The Chiefs have the best secondary in the NFL, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and Trent McDuffie, obviously, that play just before the half, which was the deciding play that you guys just saw if you're watching us on the live stream, uh, you know, just incredibly poetic in a sense that he forces that fumble on Tyreek Hill. Mike Edwards scoops it up, pitches it back to Brian Cook. They return it for a touchdown. And, you know, we, I, I think I, I talked about it on show and BK this week. And one of the things that I was going to be really frustrated about if the Chiefs lost this game to the Miami Dolphins was this thing that we are going to talk about next week with the offense and, oh, the Chiefs desperately wish they had Tyreek Hill now is if they didn't win a Super Bowl last year without him because we're, we're NFL media is so reactionary to what is happening right in front of them and not acknowledging things that have happened in the past. Like this Chiefs team's already won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. So I don't think that they regret it for one second that Tyreek Hill is no longer on the team, but it was incredible to see Trent McDuffie, the guy that they acquired because of that, those draft picks that they got for Tyreek Hill that they were able to move up for and draft him in the first round of the NFL draft last year. Like Trent McDuffie makes that play and says like, yeah, they got me now. I'm fine. I'm pretty good at this game too. So that was an incredible moment for the chiefs defense. And I just continued to be impressed by Steve Spagnuolo. And I think like what, what was even more impressive today. And we talk about how quick Tua wants to get rid of the ball and like, and, and how he has looked against the blitz specifically this season and getting rid of the ball so quick and and, the, and those weapons being so explosive. He had time today and the, he still couldn't accomplish very much in the passing game at all. And then when he when he did have when he didn't have time and he was actually getting rid of the ball, the Chiefs were holding up and Spags was still bringing blitzes like because that's been the big thing with the Dolphins. It's like, don't blitz them. They're going to car. They're going to carve up the blitz. And Steve Spagnuolo is like, I don't give a damn. Like we're, we're sending blitzes because I have faith that when I dial up a blitz, it's going to get home. And they did it multiple times today. And they were successful at it multiple times. Like Steve Spagnuolo isn't going to get enough credit because of Andy Reid, because of Patrick Mahomes, uh, because the Chiefs are supposed to be this offensive powerhouse, even though it's not what they are at all this season. But this defense continues to go undercovered. And Steve Spagnuolo has been incredible this season. A hundred percent. He's been incredible this season and he's doing it with guys other than like the, the usual suspects that you would expect. Like, like you would expect Chris Jones to get, to get his right. And Justin Reed to have a good, a good game. Cause those are the two big contracts on the defense this year. But I mean, let's look at it. Like Jalen Watson had a sack today. Uh, Leo Chanel had another sack today. Leo Chanel has turned into a legitimate pass rusher. Turk Wharton had a sack today. Like the Chiefs are getting contributions from everybody on the defense at all three levels. I mean, if you look at the Chiefs defense right now, where's the weak link on the front four? Where's the weak link on in the linebackers? Where's the weak link in the secondary? There isn't. You look at all three levels, and they have playmakers at all three levels of the defense. Mike Edwards might be like the best backup safety if he or Brian Cook, whoever you want to say is the starter there, aside from Justin Reed, like like whoever is the third safety there is the best backup safety in the NFL right now. Like like just like they're just making plays across the board. And you're absolutely right with the Trent McDuffie trade. We're talking 4D level chess here. Like, okay, Tyree Kill, you want to demand a trade. You told your you told your agent okay, just get me a new contract. I don't actually want to be traded. And then he got you traded. First of all, get a new agent. I'm sorry, Drew Rosenhaus. You failed your client. If he didn't want to get traded and you got him traded, you failed your client right there, Drew Rosenhaus. 
Secondly, okay, we take the draft pick that we got from Tyreek Hill and we use him to guard Tyreek Hill. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about that State Farm Insurance commercial where they're like bundle home and auto, and they're like that's that's three words, and they're like not if you bundle it, and the guy gets like all shook out. <laughs> like that's the level of thinking that the Chiefs had right there using Trent McDuffie to shut down Tyreek Hill when they got Trent McDuffie when they traded Tyreek Hill. So you mentioned the Chris Jones penalty and, and we got to bring it up and we got to talk about it because like, I, I don't think, you know, you, you were talking about Chris Jones just kind of disappearing recently. And I agree with you, like he, but he is, he is commanding more blocks and more offensive linemen are trying to stop him than anybody else on the offensive line. So I think, like George Karloftis, Mike Dana, Charles Amenahu, like all these other guys. We saw Tershawn Wharton make a couple of big plays today. Like I think all these other guys who are contributing along the defensive line are a product of Chris Jones getting so much attention. But yes, he's still looking. He's one of those guys who's looking for 25 plus million dollars a year or like 30 million dollars a year to be paid like he is one of the absolute best players in the NFL at his position. And I still believe that to be the case. But you need him to make some some big plays in key moments of the game. And today it was just the, the opposite of that um, has just a, an unreal boneheaded penalty where he knocks Austin Jackson down after the play is over and, and gets called for the penalty on third and down or on third and 20 and next play easy Raheem Mostert touchdown. Like that, that's the kind of play that if the chiefs lost this game, we would have pointed back to that. And that's what a bit would have been uh what would have been talked about like at nauseam this week, like, Oh, Chris Jones boneheaded play leads to a Kansas city chiefs loss. And this is a guy that's won super bowls. This is a guy that has performed in the biggest moments on the NFL stage. And he just simply has to know better. Like it was just one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen on a football field because he should know better and absolutely cannot make that kind of play cannot get that frustrated. I understand he wants to get sacks. He wants to hit these incentives. He wants to make plays, but it wasn't happening on Sunday morning. And you just simply cannot have that. And that's something that this goes back years now with the Kansas city chiefs, they shoot themselves in the foot. Travis Kelsey's done stuff like this before in the past. Like, I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a discipline thing. They, they always get called for lots of penalties. It's always an issue. They always look disorganized sometimes. And I was just really, really frustrated with that. So I, I just had to get it off my chest. Chris Jones absolutely cannot do that. A hundred percent. He can't do that. That was uh, like the people who are old enough who are listening to this. that remember the Denver Broncos game where Derek Thomas got that really horrible face mask penalty after the play where he grabbed the guy's face mask and shook it after the play on the ground and got a 15 yard penalty because he was so frustrated because he was neutralized all game. That's exactly what this looked like. And you can't do that. Like you're the guy who's supposed to be making plays. You're the, you said he's won Super Bowls. He's a leader. He's all of those things. Last year in the Super Bowl, when we thought when, when he, when he was on the sideline, there's that video of him telling the defenders, sit down, sit down, conserve your legs. We're going to have to go back on the field in this game and get a stop. Like that was leadership right there. Like you've seen that out of Chris Jones in the past. And yeah, sure. You're frustrated in this game, but this is the biggest game of the season. Like you you dropped one to Denver last week. And that's one thing because you, you have a pretty big lead in your division, but beating the Miami dolphins may be the difference between getting the number one seed in the AFC or not. 
Like this is a bigger game than losing a division game to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And in that moment, you gotta you gotta keep your head about you. You gotta understand the situation. And for you to go out there and get a 15 yard penalty that keeps the keeps the drive alive, that then results in a touchdown. They were already in field goal range, so it wasn't a seven point swing. That's a four point swing. If the Chiefs if Chiefs lose by anything less than four points in that game, you can point 100 percent to that penalty and say Chris Jones is the reason why we lost that game. Now, luckily, the defense played lights out the rest of the way down, shut down, shut down Miami's offense after that. You know, Tula Tagovailoa fumbles the ball. Brian Cook comes up with another big play. Game over. Everything's forgiven. But in that moment, Chris Jones, you are the leader on the defense. Like, 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 who is more of a leader on the defense right now, especially with Nick Bolton being out? Like, like you're the guy that everybody's looking to, and everybody's going to follow your energy, right? And so in that moment, you've got to be the guy that's setting the tone. It's th- this defense is week nine of the NFL season, heading into a week 10 by uh, ahead of what I think has a chance to be the the, the best game uh, of the entire NFL season, a Monday night football matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a little worried about that matchup, but the way this defense is playing, like it, it makes me feel better. But this is a defense that still, Rocky, through nine weeks of the NFL regular season, has not given up more than 20 offensive points in a single game. <laughs> like, and they just did it against the most explosive offense in the NFL, and it's not even close. They only gave up 14 points to the Miami Dolphins. Like, that's how good this defense is playing. And it's it's just a remarkable job, even though there were still some boneheaded plays, there were still some some issues that could have cost them a, a win here. But I totally agree with you. This game matters so much more to playoff seeding and the Chiefs trying to get a first round bye than that game to the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are not a playoff team. That's a division game. The Chiefs are going to easily win this division and it's not going to be close. So that game does not matter in the grand scheme of things. This game was really, really important. Well, yeah. And the Chiefs came into this game with the holding teams to the second least amount of yards per pass attempt. I don't have it right in front of me, but I believe it was around 6.5 yards per pass attempt, and it was number two in the league. The Chiefs held Tua Tagovailoa to 5.7 yards per pass attempt. We're talking about an offense that has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, two of the most explosive wide receivers in the NFL who are known for big chunk plays. And the Chiefs just came out today, and they said, listen, we'll give you some stuff underneath, but you're not going to get those big plays on us. You're not going to get a 70-yard touchdown against us. Like, you're going to get five yards and then we're going to rally to the ball every single time. Okay. Take your five yards. We'll rally to the ball. We're okay with that loss, but you're not going to get any chunk plays against us. And with the exception of the Cedric Wilson touchdown and maybe one or two other like 15 yard gains, the chiefs really, really were like sold out to like limiting chunk plays today. And they did great. I mean, I don't, I honestly, honestly, God, like there's better defenders in the NFL than some of the guys who are on the chiefs roster but find me a team that plays better as a unit. I yeah, I, I can't find one. They're 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 just unbelievable right now, and they get a well deserved rest as the Chiefs head into their bye again. It's seven and two, still atop the AFC, still one of the absolute best teams in, in all of the NFL. But we unfortunately have to talk about the offense, and we can keep this a little bit quicker. We just went twenty two minutes, basically all defense, and that's the kind of post game show I'm talking about, Rocky. Uh, 
but offensively and what we'll get into to all of the inner workings a little bit here but where i want to start is what i think is just the absolute most frustrating play of the game and this even includes the chris jones penalty this made me more upset than any single play in the entire game third and one late in the fourth quarter Chiefs looking to just keep the drive uh, alive to keep Miami, who has all the momentum at this point from getting back on the field and potentially driving down the field and, and tying this football game up. Third and one after Isaiah Pacheco, who you know doesn't have a monster game, but was running really hard, was picking up tough yards today. And, and Miami's run defense has actually been pretty good. Um, I, most teams don't run on them very often because they score so many points. But when teams have tried to run on them, they've been pretty good this season. Uh, but third and one, short yarded situation. Uh, again, the Chiefs overcomplicate things and, and make it difficult on themselves for whatever reason. I don't know why we see this every single week, Rocky. I don't know why it seems like every single week they go out of their way to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Third and one, Isaiah Pacheco's running his ass off all game and, and just just look, looking tough and hard to bring down the entire contest. Derek McKinnon's in the game for some reason. They send they send McCole Hardman in motion. It's and it's a bogus play anyways. And then the Chiefs don't even run the football. They set up a pass play to Kelsey. It looked like a Kelsey screen, and he's blanketed by three different Dolphins because they're like, we know you want to go to Travis Kelsey if you're going to throw the ball on third and one. And Mahomes just has to throw the football away. They don't get it. They have to punt it back to Miami. And you put your defense in another situation where the defense has to save the day. And it's incredibly frustrating. Like, they easily could have quarterback sneak that and just picked up the first down and kept the drive alive. But instead, they take Isaiah Pacheco off the field, put Jarek McKinnon in, don't even give him the ball, don't even try to run it or quarterback sneak it or do anything. They throw the football, and it's another design short yardage play that fails. Like, I just don't understand what they need to address over the bye because this is something that's going back several years now. And it's incredibly frustrating. It's always been the Achilles heel of this offense. And I just don't understand the thought process and the logic from the Chiefs offensive coaching staff on that play call. I mean, Andy Reid, so on. It's like, oh, everybody's playing checkers. He's playing chess. Sometimes. You just play checkers. Or sometimes when you're playing test, the best move is just move the pawn for space. You don't want to do something crazy with your queen or a fish flank or a trap or anything like that. Like just line up and move your pawn forward one space. Like that's hand the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco and get one yard. Like line up behind your offensive lineman and do the brotherly shove. Like, like, what is the strength of Chiefs' offensive line? It's not the tackles. It's the center and two guards. And you from behind. Like, it's it's not rocket science. And the Chiefs are insistent on trying. Like, like, Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame head coach. He's one of the best play callers in history. And nine times out of ten, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But if I would say one thing about him, is that he's almost too smart for his own good in simple situations. In complex situations, he's going to outsmart every single person. But he overthinks the simple things sometimes. Sometimes all you need is one yard. Sometimes all you got to do is line up behind your big, fat, ugly guys and just move the piece forward one yard. 
Like you don't got to do anything special. You don't have to trick anybody. You just have to go out there and smack somebody in the mouth and get one yard. And uh, I mean, as much as we talked about the doll, like the Chiefs having a good plan for Tyreek Hill, Dolphins had an awesome plan for Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was 100% ineffective in this game. He had three receptions for 14 yards. I mean, that makes his 58 it's, yards that everybody was pissed off about last week look like look like the game of the year. Like, he was just 100% a non-factor in this game. The Chiefs' leading wide receiver was Noah Gray with 34 yards. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes finished the game with 185 yards passing. Like, are so, you joking me? Are you joking me? That's not good enough. So – and credit to the Dolphins defense because they did shut down Travis Kelsey today. And that was clearly their plan, which it, it sounds simple. Like just, just make sure there's like two, three guys on Kelsey all the time. But we see teams fail to do that constantly in the NFL. And so credit to them. I, I mean, Miami's defense is talented and they Jalen Phillips, who's a really talented pass rusher, has been injured for a lot of the season. He's healthy now. Xavier Howard's missed multiple games this season. I know he's not like the lockdown corner he had shown to be in years past, but he's still a talented player. They just got Jalen Ramsey back. Like that Miami Dolphins defense, I think is more talented than it probably gets credit for because the offense is so good. So credit to them. But I, I just, I, I was really hoping that, you know, before the bye week and I mentioned it this week as well. And I think we talked about it, I think on last week's rapid reaction show, like, I wanted to see the Chiefs kind of come out with this like game plan that they had like last year against the 49ers because that was just before the bye. You could tell Andy Reid just dusted off the absolute gold standard uh, playbook for that game because it was a huge matchup against a really good team, like a Super Bowl caliber team. And to start the game, it looked like it was going to be that kind of day for the Chiefs offense. Like It looked like they were finally going to get things going. Mahomes absolutely carved up that dolphin secondary on the opening drive. And that led to a uh, Rasheed Rice touchdown where uh, again, the chiefs rookie looks really impressive uh, just catching the ball in, in space and just looking powerful and explosive. I think we've got the Rasheed Rice touchdown. If you want to pull that up Kramer um, and they, they, they start things off just looking smooth. And I think it was like one of the smoothest drives of the season. It felt like where, Mahomes is hitting guys. Guys are getting open. They're just moving down the field and making everything look easy. And then kind of from that point on, it didn't look smooth. It, it looked out of sorts. It looked like guys were struggling to get open again. Uh, the Chiefs pass protection was struggling at times today. And Mahomes was hanging on to the ball for too long. Now, they did get it together. Uh, Rasheed Rice ha also has another impressive catch where it's a really tough catch to pick up a first down, keep the drive alive, and that extends what eventually turns into a 13-play, 95-yard scoring drive that takes eight and a half minutes off the clock, and that's the game plan against the Dolphins. Keep the offense off the field, uh, move, move it down the field slow, methodically. Like That's what this offense is now. That's what we have to expect from them. They just have to execute that, and they have to pull that off and look good doing it. And there was two key moments. Those two touchdown drives were the only drives that they really looked like that this entire game. The rest of it was the same thing that we've seen all season. So offensively, it's still a huge work in progress. Coming out of this game, I don't feel any differently than I felt about the Chiefs the entirety of the season. Like they're still seven and two. They're still an elite football team. They're still a Super Bowl contender, but they got to really figure some things out over the bye week. And I think Andy Reid desperately 
needs this bye week. We talk about all the adjustments and everything that he installs over the bye week. Rasheed Rice needs to be the adjustment. Like Rasheed Rice needs to be the game plan over the bye week. How do we get Rasheed Rice heavily involved in the offense to make him the bona fide number two option? Because nobody else is getting it done but the rookie. Oh, 100%. Nobody else is getting it done except for the rookie. And the rookie wasn't even close to being the Chiefs leading receiver today. <laughs> like, that's the that's the problem. He had 17 yards receiving on two targets. And he caught both those targets, and one of them was a touchdown. But, I mean, Noah Gray's your leading receiver with three catches for 34 yards. Like, that tells you everything you need to know about this offense heading into the bye week. And, yeah, like, it's just – it's just one of those things where MVS is just not getting it done. Justin Watson, they they they, they just don't get the separation that they need. It's and neither one of Watson and MVS are both like solid number five options in your offense, not number two or number three options. And they're not contested catch guys, either one of them. And and you see them like Mahomes throw up these contested catch balls. And they're incomplete every single time. And like, yeah, of course they're incomplete. Like, why should we do the exact same thing and accept a, expect a different result? And you talk about the Chiefs, like, protection. Donovan Smith had a really, really bad day today. And one thing we're not talking about is that Donovan Smith has had a couple of really bad days this season. And he's, he's he, he needs a lot of help on pass rushes on his side, especially if there's a blitz coming. He's, he's not as fast as he used to be. I mean – the Chiefs need a left tackle. Um, he's he's getting by right now, but I mean, you line him up against a legit stud pass rusher, and he's gonna have trouble. I mean, yeah, the, there were some players on the on the Dolphins defense that showed out today. Like like Zach Siler probably had his best game all year. Like you don't expect Zach Siler to be the guy that comes out and kind of wrecks the offensive line a little bit, but he did. You know, Bradley Chubb had a had a pass defend and a QB hit. You know, he had a good game too. But I see that all more as an aspect of a weakness on our offensive line. You know, Jawan Taylor's getting better. He's he's doing okay. He's getting better. The middle of the offense is fine. But at Donovan Smith left tackle, it's like the Chiefs just need to figure out the left tackle. They just can't seem to get a guy on the left tackle that can kind of hold his own for an entire season. It's always seems like it's a position in flux and they have to figure that out because until they figure that out, Mahomes isn't going to feel comfortable enough. And then we don't know the wide receivers to get it open either. Then Mahomes doesn't have time even to extend the play half the time. And so I don't know, man, this offense is concerning coming, going into the second half. I agree a hundred percent. Rashi Rice needs to be the focus aside from Kelsey. They need to find ways to get the spring Kelsey more because teams are just saying, hey, we're going to put three players on Travis Kelsey and you're not going to do anything else. Like nobody else is going to get open. Yeah. And so we're going to put three it's guys on Travis Kelsey and then trust that one guy can cover two guys of your offense. Like it's 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 laughable at this point to some to some degree. And, you know, and I understand that Rasheed Rice is still a work in progress. Like he he's not a guy that's got a full route tree in his arsenal. Yeah. And that's something you hope he can develop in the offseason. But it's it's kind of hard for a rookie to really work on developing that. And for for to, for you to be able to deploy it as if it's going to make a significant difference in the NFL regular season. But the bye week should just be. 
yeah, but he looks incredible after the catch. So how do we just get him the ball? Like, do, let's just get him the ball and get him in space because that dude is hard to tackle and he's got a lot more bursts than you think. Like when he gets the ball and, ta- and takes off and just moves upfield, like he is a load to bring down and he's a lot faster than the defense realizes. And he's proved that over and over again so far this season. So they've got a lot of things to work on offensively. And I agree with you about Donovan Smith. I think I said in the off season, like I had a lot of faith in the chiefs offensive line staff and, and bringing in a veteran like that, who had played at a pretty high level in Tampa for a long time. And he's kind of been a letdown. Like he he's, he's been okay, but like you mentioned, like he's really struggled at times this seasons at this season. And he just, he just looks like he's slow and he just looks like he's old and he's not quite the same guy that he was when he was younger. And that's fine. That's what happens when you uh, sign a, a veteran offensive tackle on a one-year deal who it seemed like wasn't really sought after in free agency or anything like that. So that that's what happens. It was a short-term fix at the position. It's still something that they have to address here in the future, but they've also got a lot of other decisions to make uh, about contracts and, and payroll this off season. So that's something interesting. That's something that we'll we'll continue to talk about and discuss as the season moves along and as we get in the offseason and all that stuff. But all that matters right now is the Chiefs are 7-2, and, and they're headed into a bye, still atop the AFC, still looking like they are one of the absolute best teams in the NFL, despite the things that they are still struggling with. Um, I hope they get it figured out over the bye week. Uh, we still got a lot of football left to play, but they pick up a huge win over a very talented Miami Dolphins team. And instead of I, I hope this week instead of oh the chiefs offense is terrible they can't win a super bowl with this group anymore hopefully a lot of the national coverage is a lot more about the miami dolphins can't beat good teams because that's what we should be talking about chiefs win they're still great uh I, or the chiefs but, defense shuts down elite offenses yes or that should be a conversation we should absolutely be having as well uh kramer do we have any comments before we get out of here i know we got a long day of football to get to. We've all been up very early since very early this morning. Uh, we shut down the Dolphins in the first half, but they shut us out in the second half. We weren't in as desperate of a position, but every but every after our first seemed to be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it, it's exactly how the offense has looked all season. Um, uh, aside from, I think, that game against the Chargers and that game against the Bears, which... We now know the Chargers have one of the absolute worst defenses in the NFL, so I don't think you should really take that much away from that performance. Um, it's been a struggle, and they they week after week they continue to make it look difficult. And I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes because I don't think it's all on him, but some of it's also on him this season. Like Mahomes isn't playing his best football right now, and I think Mahomes makes it pretty clear week after week that he does not trust these guys, and that's why. He's not willing to take chances. And then when he does get frustrated and take chances, they've generally been bad decisions that wind up being turnovers. So it's a work in progress. And all you got to, all you can hope for is that it it just becomes a little bit more functional as the season moves along. Yeah. Anytime the quarterback takes a strip sack, it's on the quarterback. Honestly, like I don't care if it's bad protection or not. You got to protect the ball as the quarterback and hold on to it. And it's back to back weeks that Mahomes is taking a strip sack. So that's not great. But that also being said is that this almost feels a little bit like I remember when the Baltimore Ravens won their first Super Bowl with with Brian Billick as their as their as their coach and and Trent Dilfer was their quarterback. 
I remember Shannon Sharp saying in the interview before the game that he picked his team to win the Super Bowl because they were the best defense in the universe. He's an offensive player, and he had no faith in his offense to score points in the Super Bowl, <laughs> but he knew that the defense was going to bail him out because that's what had happened that entire season, and that's what happened in that Super Bowl when they won. Now, obviously, the Chiefs' offense isn't quite to that Trent Delfer offense level where they were scoring, I think, six points in the playoffs or something insane like that. But moving forward the rest of this year, it may very well be the defense to carry this team. Like, this very well may be Patrick Mahomes' worst season from a statistical standpoint and you know, as a professional just because of the lack of weapons that he has at his disposal. And we need to be prepared for that. That doesn't mean that he's any worse as a quarterback. It's just yeah. that you see him after every single play. He's telling guys, come back, cut across the middle, do this, do that. He just doesn't have faith in them. And he doesn't have the weapons to throw to. He can throw the ball. He can make the decisions. But if the throw's not there, what's he going to do? Yeah, we knew this season was going to be difficult at times offensively. We just hoped that we were going to see some of these young pass catchers take big strides. And outside of the rookie, nobody really has. Uh, that That's sometimes how it goes in the NFL. I, I still think they can figure it out uh, to some extent. But I think this is the Chiefs offense. This is their team this season, but they're still good enough that they can get you where you want to go if things fall the right way. Uh from Nikita. Uh, one, this defense is truly legit. Two, hallelujah, Tyreek didn't score. Three, that second half was atrocious. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we've already talked about all of that stuff, but I will mention again, like the job that they did on Tyreek Hill today was just absolutely tremendous. Incredible game plan from Steve Spagnolo. And Legarius Sneed just continues to be one of the best corners in the NFL that doesn't get enough credit. Uh, Trent McDuffie continues to prove that he is a legitimate elite playmaker for the chief secondary in year number two. And that's what we should really focus on coming out of this game is ju just how incredible the chief's defense was and, and how incredible the playmakers are on the back end of that defense. A hundred percent. The playmakers are on the back end of the defense. And I mean, especially the linebackers, you know, on that second that second level, especially being banged up, like Willie Gay wasn't a hundred percent. Drew Tranquil isn't a hundred percent, right? Nick Nick Bolton's out. The linebackers really stepped up in this game, and then you you talked about we talked already about a lot about Jerry Seed and Trent McDuffie, but Jalen Watson as well. You know, Brian Cook, God, Brian Cook had a really good game, huge, huge heads up play. Mike Edwards with that pitch to Brian Cook. I mean, this defense. Is 100% legit. Nikita, you got like three of my five things we learned from this game in my article. That's <laughs> going to be on Arrowhead Pride tomorrow, listed right here in this comment. Uh, I agree 100%. Um, I, I don't have faith we're going to see too much more out of the offense this year, but I mean, this is this defense is legit. Like, we can we can bank yeah. on the defense at least keep us in games. Yeah, they're they're incredible. Uh, last one before we get out of here. Uh, which is worse, Hardman inside the 10-yard line or Andy's play calling on third and one? So the the McCall Hardman punt, uh, which he, he catches on the one-yard line, gets it up to about the 10 at a pretty critical moment of the game for the Chiefs, is frustrating and annoying. But again, that's kind of the McCall Hardman experience. And also, last week, I know he had the fumble, but if you listen to Dave Tobe's press conferences, as I do each and every week, the week prior, 
McColl let one go. And then Dave Tobe got mad that he didn't go after the football and tried to make a play because Dave Tobe's like, I want to make plays on special teams too. And that's what you're out there for. And so I, I think McColl Hardman is kind of in his own head a little bit uh, about situationally, like when to do it, when not to do it, when to let it go and all that stuff. And that's something they just got to get figured out. Uh, I, I know he, he came back over from the jets and he wasn't playing for the jets. Like he, he was, he was a healthy and active for the jets multiple times before he came back over uh, to the Kansas city chiefs. So that's something they got to get figured out. But I think at the end of the day, you're just going to live and die with McCole Hardman making some bad plays because occasionally he's going to rip off a, an explosive return. Uh, the third and one call easily much more frustrating play for me than the McCole Hardman punt, uh, punt catch on the one yard line. A hundred percent. Third and one. I mean, here's the deal. Andy Reid is the head of the team, and Andy Reid's refusal to just simplify it on third and one is is like it's like a symptomatic like root issue of the disease of the offense. McCole Hardman came back to the team after being like he was outcast away from the team, wasn't being utilized. Brought back to the team on the day that they put Dante Hall into the Chiefs Hall of Fame as a kick returner. And then he has a 50-yard return, and he's like, okay, my value is as a return man. Plus, my coach said I should have returned these kicks that I didn't return. Then I fumble one, and I screw <laughs> up. So now my next time out there, I got to have a chance to try to do as much as possible with the ball, and it caused him to make a bad decision. Like, that's that's yeah. the timeline right I there. Think okay, that, I that can understand that. I think that's coaching and I think that's McCole Hardman just kind of being in his own head about it that's and what, yeah and use it using poor judgment on when he needs to try to make a play and when he needs to just let that thing go. Um cuz he's out Hardman there wanting to yeah, wanting well, to be a contributor. And, you know, and he's just on this one year deal with the Chiefs after after coming back to Kansas City, so he's just trying to show anything to keep his NFL career moving. Um so I think you got to live and die with some of that stuff, but hopefully that's another thing they talk about over the bye week and, and try to get figured out from a special teams perspective. Cause I, I think that's the biggest thing with this team, uh, especially on offense and special teams is we know that defense is elite, but they got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They got to stop having mistakes. They got to stop turning the football over. And if they can get that cleaned up, like it'll be fine. Uh, that, I think that's the biggest issue that they're facing right now is that they turn the football over every week, Rocky. <laughs> like, like they just got to get that stuff figured out. And hopefully they do some of that over the bye. But he's Rocky Magania. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magania. I'm Steven Sertz, where you can find me. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. Make sure you're locked in all week long. I know it's the Chiefs bye week, but we'll have plenty of coverage for you at arrowheadpride.com. As always, please make sure you leave a rating and review for everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, me and Pete Sweeney will be back tomorrow morning with a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. And stay locked into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network all throughout the Chiefs Week 10 podcast. We'll talk to you guys then. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs pull off a 21-14 win over the Miami Dolphins in Germany. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, cornerback Trent McDuffie, safety Mike Edwards, wide receiver Rasheed Rice, and safety Brian Cook. We'll start things off with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, they put McDuffie, Edwards, Rice, and Cook all together, so we'll hear from all of them collectively. Here's Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Injuries to, to report, which is a good thing. Uh, two good football teams playing each other. It was it was great to be able to do that here in Frankfurt. And um, uh, and I just thought both teams put it all out there uh, uh, during that game. Uh, the crowd was unbelievable. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to say we won in the crowd. Uh, it was a, There was a lot of red there. Um, the hospitality by the German people has been great the last few days here. Um, compliments to our staff uh, um, for doing the forward work on this and uh, working with um, the people here in Germany to put on a smooth event for for the coaches and the players. Um, defensively, uh, what a first half and what a second half. That fourth quarter was really something. Uh, which uh, made it very exciting. Uh, you, the McDuffie strip uh, of Tyreek um, punching the ball out, Edwards picking it up, Cook scoring, him lateral into Cook, Cook scores. Uh, doesn't get any better than that. Sneed's ability um, to match up uh, most of the day on, um, on Tyreek uh, was big, although Tyreek's a heck of a football player. I mean, he made a couple of real nice plays in there too, so... Um, offensively, um, we, we did some great things and then uh, we sputtered at times. Um, uh, but I, I would tell you um, that first drive was a thing of beauty. Uh, and then again, the, the next touchdown was also uh, a good job of getting ourselves upfield and, and scoring on that. So, um, uh, and then again, our offensive line, I thought, did a very nice job in the run game. Uh, I thought that was a real positive for us uh, during during the game, which obviously uses a, a lot of time um, uh, in doing so. Pacheco, I thought, ran very hard, uh, good eyes on things, uh, picking the holes properly, and did a good job there. And then special teams, we, we made enough plays there uh, that were positive. We were trying to change the field position around a little bit at the end. Uh, again, we've got to uh, watch ourselves on these catches inside the five so um but anyways that that's uh uh the time is yours here we'll start with adam yeah yeah I mean, he, he came up and smacked him first of all i mean that was a pretty aggressive hit uh and it was a catch and then a immediate hit and then he just went right for the ball punching it down which is which is tough to do is you lay a lick on him like that, like he did. So, um, 
but he, he's a he's a heck of a football player. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be one. If we ran it, you would have been asking me why we didn't throw it. So, uh, but I'm gonna tell you, yeah, but I I tell you, um, I I probably should have put put it in the hands of the the big old line. I I owe him one on that one. Yeah, well, it was big. We we have this bye week coming up, and there's nothing worse than going into a bye week with 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 a loss, first of all, and then a 10-hour or eight-hour plane ride on top of that, and uh, that's a that doesn't lead to a good feeling. Um, but we're listen, we're, we're we're six and two sitting there with with the Dolphins coming into this, and, and knowing that they're one of the better teams in the AFC, it, it's a uh, and so I, I love the energy, the way our guys rebounded from that last game against Denver. All those things are so important uh, to making up a, a, a good football team. And our guys did that. Uh, last week we, we were off. And uh, this one here, they, they, weren't gonna, they weren't going there. And you could just feel it. I think probably all you felt it in here from the first drive on. So, um, you know, I think – you look back on it, I think this uh, was a big week. And then the way things worked over here, I think, was very smooth. This can be when you start going across the pond, as they'd say, right? So you go across the pond, I mean, many things can happen uh, and things have to hit right. And I, I'm telling you, the German people were phenomenal in setting, setting things up for us, as, as was our staff. Yeah. Thank you. I'm from East Bend, and I promise all our watchers this will be a really great offensive game. Um, it became a really great defensive game. If I would have told you that before the season started, that the game against the Dolphins in, in Deutschland would be a defensive game, would you be surprised about that? Well, I'm, I'm not going to slide our defense, so I'm going to say, I, but I wouldn't have guessed that. I, there were two good, you know, typically two good offenses, um, that being the number one offense the Dolphins in the National Football League right now. So for the things that our defense did right there was uh, that was a tremendous achievement. You know, and obviously we got to keep it going. Uh, you're, you're just as good as that next game that you play in. But that was a heck of an achievement. Uh, uh, Steve Spagnuolo did a great job with scheming it, um, and the players executed very well. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was saying there at the beginning. That um, uh, the Chiefs fans won that one. I mean, it was a uh, we we could feel them. It was loud, whether they were from Germany or whether they were from Kansas City or uh, the UK. It was a uh, um, you know it, it was something. It was it was loud, aggressive, um, and we can feel that as players and coaches. We feel that and we appreciate it. Yeah, well, and and listen, I, I didn't give him the ball enough, and uh, on top of that, but um, th this guy's a great player. I mean, he he gets better and better, uh, and they, you know, they were aware of him and allowed other guys to make some plays uh, with some of the schemes they were using. And but what what a great player um, and a good kid, you know. On top of that, great great leader. Right here. Uh, Coach, 
your ballot is on Italy. Um, it, at times, it felt like you were prepared to uh, have a game plan where Travis Kelsey was not too much in the mix. There was not too relying too much on the combo Mahomes to Kelsey, which turned out in a very numerical wise poor game from Kelsey. He did a lot of other good things like wiping the zone on the McKinnon touchdown yeah. and things that you don't see on the stats maybe. Was that actually planned to be like that? So you take away the main target from the defense of the Miami Dolphins or it just happened that way? Side note, Coach Chris Holt says hi. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell him likewise. Um, so, uh, you know, it wasn't planned that way. We, we always try to get him involved and <laughs> And we try to do it quickly. Um, <clears throat> they they did a nice job of pulling a combination coverage uh, look where there wasn't a lot of space there uh, for him uh, breaking in or out. Um, but he, you're right though, in that he did uh, a lot of the support things very well. And you know he always has a great attitude about it. He just the first thing he said to me, I said, "Doc, I try. To, I need to get you the ball a little bit more." And he goes, "Hey." The offensive line played great. You know, we run the ball well. So um, I, I appreciate that attitude. And, and we enjoyed Italy, too, by the way, when my wife and I went there. It was a great, great trip. Welcome again. Yeah, all right. We've got two more. Sorry, guys. Right here, Jim. Uh, Coach, obviously coming out of last week's game, we had penalties that were issues along with the drop passes. This week, especially on the opening drive, your receivers were catching the balls with no issues. Uh, that was an improvement, but you still have nine nine players. Yeah. You got the Eagles coming up on the Monday night two weeks from two weeks from tomorrow. What are you working on between now? And then? Yeah. Well, we got to take care of the penalties. I mean that <clears throat> that's the obvious. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and we'll get that we'll get that worked out as we go here. I mean, but that's something we have to take care of. Uh, the guys I thought caught the ball well. Quez would probably want to have the one back that he had, but yeah, that guy was. Put, you know, tugging and pulling and everything on top of that, but he he normally makes those right there. But um, so, listen, I uh, we have we came out of this with things we can work on to get better, and, and we'll do that. Last one, sir. Hello, coach. Uh, yes. Hello. Uh, you talk about uh, Germany and Germany as a host. This is your second international game with the Chiefs. What are like the similarities and difference with Mexico? And would you like to to be to, you know to raise your hand? Yeah, no, listen, I, I always joke our media, we'd go play in the CVS parking lot, we don't care. So we'll play anywhere um, uh, at any time. Um, but I will tell you, all our, we, you, we also went to London, and, and, um, and Mexico, London, and here have been phenomenal trips. And I think it's great for the National Football League. Um, uh, you see what it's done for basketball, you see what it's done for baseball, and uh, there's no reason it, it can't do that uh, for football. We've had actually a few uh, German players in our in the NFL, and um, you know Sebastian. Anyway, you know the guys, so they're, they're they've uh, uh, they've been uh, real contributors to, to teams, and we appreciate the enthusiasm over here. Yeah. All right, thank you, coach. Um, I think you, I think you can see it in spurts. Um, you look at the first drive, you look at the 90 yard drive that we had. Um, you can see that we can do it. Um, it's just about being consistent every single drive and uh, obviously um, penalties and then me not connecting on guys deep down the field um, hurt us. Um, but uh, luckily for us, our defense is playing their tail off and we got the win.
on the field afterwards said the scoop and score was like the craziest play he's ever seen. What are your perspectives on that? Yeah, no, that that was that was sweet. I mean, obviously a uh, huge play in the game, um, but uh, the the way they were able to not only make the big hit, strip the ball. Um, I think it was Mike that picked it up and then pitched it to to Cook and Cook was rolling, man. It, it, I said it looked like he was like the anchor leg of a four by one in track. So he got those knees up and was rolling down the field. So a uh, uh, huge play that obviously mattered a ton at, at the end of the game. Patrick, what, what do you make of the way your defense Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean the 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 fact that they're so good at all all three levels that they're deep. They I mean guys rotate in and they can play. Um, it's hard to get everybody snaps. That's how good they are. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be a top defense in the NFL. Um, that's a great offense. And for them to, to hold them to 14 points where I fumbled in our own uh, area uh, for seven of those points, I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous, tremendous job. And I think they're going to continue to get better because they're young and, and they love it. Could you see that coming, Patrick, back in training camp? Could you see this kind of developing? Yeah. I knew they were going to be good because you look at the end of last year um, and they played great football and no one really noticed. Um, and so I knew they were going to be good. We brought back so many people, um, so many young guys, and they were going to develop. Um, but, I mean, the fact that they're all developing this fast, I don't know if anyone could have guessed it, but uh, I knew they were going to be great great as uh, their careers went on. But uh, it's good to have a lot of young guys that can play like that. Patrick, it looked like you made a point of getting around the, the fans after the game going towards the stands. Can you just describe what that was like and what you'll take away from all this? Yeah, it was an amazing experience to be out here in Germany. I mean, I could you could see red all around the town. I mean, uh, Chiefs Kingdom showed up, um, and you could feel the love that they had not only uh, for the game of football but for the players. And you could tell they watched and they they knew what they were talking about. And so, I'm ex I was excited to be here and even more excited leaving that hopefully I get to get back at some point. Yeah, I just you know just high fives and stuff like that. Um, but uh, like I said, I want to get back. Um, the, I work with a lot of people that are in Germany, and I want to get back out here and see what see Chiefs Kingdom out here in Germany. Dude, the German fans, they knew it, and they were loud the entire game. They were passionate. Um, you could tell that they watch football on the, on American football on the daily, and, and they really understand it. And it's, it was great for the NFL to give us this opportunity. I'm sure there will be m many more um, as my career goes on. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to get back and be able to play, and not only Frankfurt, but Munich or wherever else the NFL goes. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's making plays. He, he wants it. Um, he loves it. Um, and he's going out there and making plays. I think it, our job is to find different ways to get him the football uh, more down the field because he can do it. And so um, as the season goes on, his role will expand, and I'm excited for it. All right, we got time for three more. We're going to go Darren, you, sir, right there, and then you, sir, over there. Go ahead, Darren. Patrick, obviously, you know, this season you still went through a season of dropping a lot of passes today outside of the one that they did the MBS down deep. What have you all been working on Yeah, I think all you can do is keep working. Um, that, that's everything. It's me with timing. Um, it's them just continue to get catches as much as possible. Um, lucky for us, our defense is playing so good, so we're sitting here seven and two going into the bye. Um, but we have a we we can get a lot better as an offense, and I think if the offense gets to where I think it can be, we'll be a hard team to beat.
Um, I, I, I haven't played in London yet, so I, I don't know that that crowd. But uh, Arrow, Arrowhead special because there's there's so many Chiefs fans. It's all Chiefs fans. I mean, obviously there was a lot of Chiefs fans at this game, which I was extremely happy about. But obviously it spread across all the NFL. Um, but I mean, they're passionate both ways. Uh, the Chiefs fans, they've been there for 50 years, and they understand it, and they understand uh, when to, to win. They're going to be the loudest with the defense and stuff like that. But I thought the, the Frankfurt fans did a great job of that, and uh, it felt like a home game. I mean, the, the Chiefs fans showed up out there, and Chiefs Kingdom was uh, loud and proud. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm up for anything. I'm, I'm always excited to get a, across the world and play football and show uh, American football and what it has done for not only me but for a lot of people um, to the rest of the world. Um, but, uh, I mean, I thought it was uh, really cool just to be out here. I mean, the whole experience, being being out in the city and at the practice facility and everything like that, you could tell everybody was excited. Um, and like I said, I want to come back. Um, I don't know when that will be, um, but uh, when we get the opportunity, I hope Clark jumps at it and we can be back out here playing football games. All right, thank you. Honestly, it was pretty easy seeing that screenplay develop. Um, lucky enough, just saw the play happen and made a play on it. And luckily, there was guys on the back end that cleared it up for me. Well, I wanted to ask you about um, as soon as you battle, you set up a lot. I wanted to ask what your instincts are. Yeah, so once I got it, <clears throat> I felt Tyreek on my ankle, so I was about to get tackled. And I was like, nah, we got we to gotta get this on. We got to do something else. So uh, I kind of looked back and I seen my boy BC. I was like, <laughs> I trusted him. You got to have trust for it to do some stuff like that, but uh, I trusted him. I just pitched it back, and he did the rest. Adam, what, uh, what did the coaches say to you on the sideline? I mean, other than great job, I mean, do they, like, uh, are they okay with that kind of thing as long as it works? Or? Yeah, we got a touchdown out of it. It better be good. <laughs> 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 uh, one for uh, Trent first. Just the, when you made the hit, did you, did you feel the ball? come out right away, and, and just with that, the whole energy you felt today with the crowd, I was wondering how, how it all felt. Yeah, um, definitely had a focus on the ball anytime I make a tackle or anything like that, so when I made the hit, definitely felt to get loose and try my best to strip it out, and luckily I was able to, but um, man, this Frankfurt crowd was great. I mean, I said it was kind of like a playoff atmosphere. I mean, I think the new thing was everybody whistling. I thought that was pretty cool, you know, and I used to all those whistles out here, but um, the energy was infectious, and we had a great time out there. Nick, this one's for uh, Brian uh, Patrick. He running like the, the anchor leg of a four by one. Is that the fastest you've ever run? Not the fastest. Not the fastest. Not the fastest. I definitely I ran track in high school a little bit, so try to bring that out. But uh, I said they trust me, guys. They gave me the ball, the situation. So I tried to do my best to put it in the end zone. When was the last touchdown? Uh, Howard, uh, 2018, pick six. Right here, sir. Yeah, there have been some problems with the turf in Munich last year. How was the turf in Frankfurt? Oh, the turf was pretty good, though, honestly. I know we had some doubts um, at first going into it, but I felt like everybody was pretty much, you know, sticky with their coverage, sticky with their, you know, the footing. Um, so it wasn't that bad. Honestly, we, we, last year we played at Arizona, the Super Bowl. We had uh, some difficulties with that, but I will, I can say from my experience that it was definitely better than that experience. So. Um, from, that move, like from that point on, I feel like the, the, the turf was pretty good, but the grass was pretty good. Uh, 
Darren. Trent, I know we talked last week after the Broncos game and talked about how you all expected to bounce back. Did did you see anything different in in the in, in the receiver that you were defending this week that uh, you know that allowed you all to play as well as you did today? Say again, sorry, one more time. The defenders, the players that you played against Tyreek yes. and Waddle, did they do anything different than what you all were preparing for this week that allowed you to play this well today? Um, no, I mean we went back and watched the film. They kind of gave us the same things that we've been seeing and. I feel like a lot of the guys had a lot of communication on what we were planning on doing, and I feel like we just did the game plan really well and executed at a high level, and I feel like that was the reason we were able to limit him to however many yards he was able to have today. Yes, sir. We talked about uh, a lot of the atmosphere with Scotch and Patrick Mahomes. What were you surprised about the crowd the atmosphere in the stadium? Yeah, I played a uh, player last year. I played in uh, Munich last year. It's kind of like the same thing. Um, I mean, whole Germany is crazy. Atmosphere is crazy. I told them um, my my experience last year was really cool. I mean, came out with a win, so uh, that made it better. But um, the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, I felt like, like you said, it felt like a playoff game, and uh, they was electric the whole the whole game from first quarter to the end of the end of the game. So uh, definitely appreciate the fans, and uh, they definitely showed out. Rush, one for you. Um, the, the Justin Watson touchdown got called back, but they came to you on the next play with a scheme play, a little screen pass. Do you sense the coach's confidence is growing in you in, situ- in big situations? Uh, yeah, I feel like their uh, confidence is growing. Uh, <clears throat> it doesn't happen overnight, uh, and it's not only up to the coaches. It's up to you know me putting myself in practice to you know all the players, even on the defensive side, just to have you know confidence in me having the ball in my hands. So I know when the ball's in my hands, I need to get north and south and make a play. Last two, we'll go right here, guys. The other catch you had there on third and five, is that the intended route? If you could just kind of take me through that play from start to finish there. Uh, yeah, that play is, <clears throat> I mean, that's not necessarily the intended route, but uh, I have a, I have option to sit it down, go inside or go outside. <clears throat> I kind of took a wide step. Um, to basically let the defense, you know, declare so I could know if it was man or zone defense. And when I realized that it was uh, man defense, uh, I just kind of raced to the sideline, knowing that Pat would get the ball to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. Uh, I mean, we're ready for any opponent. Uh, we know they're a good team. Uh, like this game was battling for the first first seed in the AFC, so we know they're a good team. Uh, they'd be a playoff team. We might see them in the playoffs. We might see them before the AFC championship. We might see them in the AFC championship. But either way it goes, we'll be ready for them again. We know they'd be uh, you know coming even harder uh, coming off this loss. So uh, we're ready for whoever. All right. Thank you. Thank you.